stilettos to a rodeo. I say Dior boots or don't even bother. <laughs> it's episode three of Disengaging, recapping our favorite parts of season three of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm Nicole Nixon. I'm a journalist in Sacramento. And I'm Julia Ritchie, a journalist in Nashville. And now you can subscribe to our podcast on all major streaming apps like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pocket cast so what are you waiting for go hit that subscribe button and get notified asap when we drop new episodes Woo. i'm here to wake the hoes up wake all the hoes up there are some hoes in this house oh my god crazy we opened this uh episode with the women at their arizona getaway evidently there to quote unquote support jen shaw before her upcoming trial but we spend most of the episode again on Meredith and Lisa's fractured friendship. So I guess the central question of this episode is whether Lisa's non-apology, apology, non-apology is sincere, uh, especially when she says that what she said about Meredith was 100% the truth. Gotta love a I'm sorry you were offended apology. <laughs> so... <laughs> Nicole, do you think Lisa is actually sorry? Like most politicians, I think Lisa is sorry she got caught. I think she's sorry she said it on a hot mic, which was amateur, but also she's not doing a very good job of, like, at least painting herself as sorry. It's one thing to say you're sorry over and over and over. It's another thing to act contrite and act like you want to continue to be friends with this person and like rebuild that friendship. I was also triggered, I will say, by Lisa interrupting <laughs> Meredith. But no one uh, likes an interrupter as I interrupt you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you just did that. I'm also annoyed when uh, Meredith says Lisa needs to get help because I, I think sometimes telling people they need to go to therapy is this overly reductive thing we've started doing in our society. Mm -hmm. You have to want to go to therapy. I don't think anyone should be forced to go to therapy that doesn't want to be. Yeah. And I thought it was weird that Meredith was like, if you're sorry, you will get help. And I was like, what, what is she talking about? But then as I watched Lisa, like continue to interrupt Meredith and like not, be able to articulate how she was actually feeling. I was like, you know, Mer uh, Lisa does need help. She needs an interpersonal communications coach. Like she needs to learn and practice these kinds of interactions and like one-on-one, -on -one, you know, confrontation and being uncomfortable in conversation. I really struggle with this. So like yeah, we talked about a while back starting a public relations company to help politicians and public figures <laughs> yeah. uh, apologize. And to me, the need has never been greater. Uh, it's, you just, know, I, I relate to Lisa a little bit. I get uncomfortable. I don't like confrontation, but um, it's hard to watch her struggle. And I'm like, dang, she should, she <laughs> maybe should get a coach to like go through these things, especially if you're going to be on live TV in like hot situations with a bunch of other women. Yeah. Oh, and I will say like we've talked about like Mormonism and growing up in a like, you know, Utah, like Mormon household, like passive aggressiveness is king. Like people don't talk about their feelings. Like families don't have blunt conversations together. It's very, very, very rare. So 
people don't know how to act in these situations and they don't know how to like be upfront about their feelings. There was also a lot of poor refereeing this episode. So Heather tries to call out Meredith for being a condescending and superior bitch. Um, and kudos to Meredith for not immediately I have, biting her head off. Oh, I loved Meredith's like stone face reaction. Like she did, she did not react and like props to her for that. But yeah, Heather was trying to be helpful. I felt like, you know, refereeing these interactions, but it just, she wasn't, she wasn't keeping up with it. She just needed to stand aside and let them go at it, I think. I wanted to do a little bit of a ridiculous things I noticed in no particular order, sort of a rapid fire. Oh, totally. Because <laughs> uh, there were a lot of ridiculous moments in this episode that don't necessarily have anything to do with driving the quote unquote plot forward. Um, but uh, so the first thing I noticed was Whitney in the tub at, we can't, we, after we come back from the f- first commercial break. Uh, with like she's blowing bubbles and there's this giant horse head statue behind her on the on the edge of the tub that looks like something out of the godfather and um once again harken back to something i think mary cosby would have at her house (laughs) that was like a blink and you miss it thing because i did not catch that but um Mm -hmm. my ridiculous thing or things this happened multiple times through this episode like Glam teams on glam teams. Like, why are people getting their glam done in Arizona? Like, multiple times a day. I just don't understand. I don't understand. And then to be, like, followed up by a wine fight on a brew beer bike. No thanks. Yeah. Pedal taverns, as I uh, am thinking about where uh, in Nashville, they're a huge thing here because we're in the bachelorette capital of the country. Mm. Wouldn't be caught dead on one. I categorize pedal taverns in the same category as adult puzzles which are (laughs) things that adults think are fun to do because they remember them being fun as kids but they are not that fun and so uh no to pedal taverns no to adult puzzles (laughs) you also noticed this thing with lisa's phone oh um that I thought was really interesting. Lisa called her husband and he was on speakerphone and John was in her phone as JB husband boss in all caps. Like what? I mean, how do you have your husband saved in your phone, Nicole? Tenere. <laughs> it's his name. Not Boss Baby Tenere, that movie. <laughs> no Alec Baldwin please (laughs) like no I'm strictly professional like no emojis none of that in my phone is the horse gonna care that I have stilettos and not boots so they go to um you know I love the real Bravo universe because Mm -hmm. the whole episode takes place between dinner parties so um (laughs) it's like in between um one dinner party fight and the next dinner party fight on night two, they go to this rodeo. That's Lisa's uh, activity. And I love that they producers make it seem like each of these housewives have organized these activities when it's so clearly (laughs) pre-produced and a lot of effort has been, has been put into it by people that are not the housewives themselves, but they go to this, uh, like rodeo arena um, to ride horses in Dior dresses. I have some thoughts. Yes. Okay, one, I 
was totally a horse girl growing up. <laughs> you mean major confession? <laughs> garbage horse lingerie person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes to horses. Mm. Yes to those like the cool shows and those badass women like riding their horses and being all cool. Like Anne Romney with the dressage kind of stuff. No, hell no. This is way cooler. And yes to the fashion. Mm. And I love that they each got their own outfit and they got to ride the horse. Although I also not sure how I feel about Jen like straddling the horse and then being told you're not supposed to straddle the horse and then fully flashing the camera to like get her leg. I was super surprised that they didn't actually do a flashback to her flashing (laughs) Brooks in the first season one, which caused all of season one's drama. All of season (laughs) two. Exactly. I, I Thought she might impale that horse as well. Oh, yeah. Not practical. Uh, I did want to know which horse riding dress you like best, though. Mm. I didn't feel like I got a good look at Heather's. It's tied for me between Meredith. I loved, like, the flowers. And Whitney, I love just, like, the black with the bright the bright flower detail. Yeah, I like that one, too. It had, like, a Day of the Dead vibe. Um. I really liked Heather's mm-hmm. Annie Oakley look with blue and purple flowers detail. And she also had a one of those like old bandolier hats on. She was the only one that wasn't wearing a helmet. Um, and I thought that made her look mm. especially cool. Um, so I liked I, I definitely liked her dress the best. But we should also mention Lisa's dress. Well, Lisa, sorry, your outfit was the worst. It reminded me of like every high school it girls like pink black and white bedroom in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. I said that it looked like um that she looked like that mall store white uh, house <laughs> black oh market personified. <laughs> you know you walk by that store and you're like everything's in black and white and you're like that is mm. a vibe and I will never go in that store Mm. yeah very severe well then they go back to the house and change into their garbage whore lingerie party outfits which like we've got a whole spectrum here yeah so again activities or daytime activities are over um and uh they are back at the house and they are going to cook steaks and Whitney is in lingerie cooking steaks over a grill which is essentially the opening of every softcore porn i've ever watched on the internet so like fake boobs and all uh she basically starts to do what whitney does best and i'm just gonna say it she stirs the pot you know um she is a She's a pot stirrer. Oh, yeah. um, she always chooses chaos. I think Whitney doesn't think of herself in that way, though. She thinks that, like, she even said, I'm putting it all on the table. Like, she thinks she's getting everything out in the open so that we can talk about it like adults. But it's hard to do that when you're, like, you can't keep your story straight and you're slurring your words. You know, she compares herself to Nancy <laughs> Drew. Did you read those books? I didn't read them either. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I was more of a Harriet the Spy Girl, personally. No. Um, <laughs> I but just... essentially, it's like little girl detective, like, getting to the bottom of things, which is how she sees herself. Is like Except your wine bottle. getting to... <laughs> yes. She is getting to the bottom of her wine bottle. But um, she's not getting to the bottom of anything. She's just literally stirring the pot and... Um, 
unable to accept responsibility for her own part that she's played in spreading these rumors about Lisa, which we both think are ridiculous. I hate to say, I mean, it's a show, whatever. Drama, this kind of drama, it's a game. And you ha- it's like Game of Thrones shit. Like, you got to keep track of who's where, who said what, where you got your information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Whitney's not very good at this. I noticed this last season. I noticed it again tonight. Like, she can't keep her story straight. She's not very good at, like, the chess of all this. And so she should stop getting in the middle. She should stop stirring the pot. Did you see the the tweets from Angie Harrington, by the way? No. Yeah, so Angie Harrington tweeted during this episode. Oh. um, Because essentially... At, by the end of the episode, Whitney has alienated everyone and is trying to blame Heather for also knowing about this ticket about the uh, Lisa exchanging sexual flavor, favors for jazz tickets, at, and which they learned about or heard, heard or speculated about at a jazz game where they saw her sons. So Angie wrote, not sure what I did to deserve that betrayal at Whitney Wild Rose. That sucked. Angie tweeted that? Yes. Ooh. And then she followed it up with, I missed that effing nugget too at Heather Gay 29 hashtag because it didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, Angie either making her play for cast member, um, newest cast member, or also trying to throw Whitney under the bus here as uh, being the one who started the rumor about Lisa giving quote-unquote blowies for jazz tickets oh yeah well we, okay when we've established now Winnie's an unreliable source she can't keep her story straight she doesn't remember where she gets info sorry girl it's hard for me to see heather this angry but i and these two were like the inseparable like ride or die like they had their nickname was like bad weather yeah <gasps> and that's cu- bad weather for them because cu- cu- cousins because they're cousins <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Because Utah. <laughs> I like to end our episodes with our favorite fashion moments of the week. Um, once again, shout out to the Instagram account, R-H-O-S-L-C Fashion. Um, my top two picks were definitely both from Jen this week. Uh, she had a Gucci romper on, like a gold zipper for the Pedal Tavern tour (laughs) uh not practical but it looked cool and it was like 3800 bucks according to uh yeah totally affordable row slc fashion account and then also she had this other look it only appeared once in one of the off camera confessionals um where she has like a houndstooth blazer with huge shoulder pads and like a black um, hat and it's like serving me like woman testifying in court that she did not murder her husband on their scuba diving trip when she <laughs> absolutely definitely did kill her husband in a scuba diving trip to in- collect insurance money. <laughs> um, what about you? What's uh, what what caught your eye this episode? Um, I have to say my fashion moment was Lisa coming to the trash lingerie party in full silk pjs i just oh yeah yes lisa's pjs silk pjs all day comfort over fashion first of all did make an appearance on the instagram account and i uh-huh. want you to guess how much they cost are they more than 300 dollars? oh yeah god damn it they're way more 
Well, they're designers, so they're going to be like two, at least two grand, right? I mean, they shouldn't be because you could probably find them at a White House black market clearance <laughs> sale after the holidays for like 50 bucks. But no, these pajamas are made by a designer called Olivia Von Hal and uh, who on who designs for the party or the after party. Uh, and they cost 595 bucks, mm. so about 600 bucks. If someone can find us a good Amazon dupe, let us know, and we'll shy you out the next yeah. episode. <laughs> next week, we'll find out. Is Whitney crazy? Blowies for jazz tickets? I mean, like, <laughs> they don't even have Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert anymore, so why? I was going like, to ask you what NBA team would be worth exchanging sexual favors for, but I think that's a bad rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> Literally no one. <laughs> this episode of Disengaging was produced by me, Julia Ritchie, in Nashville, Tennessee. And me, Nicole Nixon, in Sacramento, California. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Don't forget to find us and rate us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and help us build our own Real Housewives Recap Media Empire. Bye. Okay, let's hear the let's hear the gong of uh, the shaman. Okay. <laughs> Serenity now. <laughs>